Hello, and welcome to The Bum Diary. I'm Trent. And I'm Janelle. And we are coming to you live from The Farm. The Farm. Otherwise known as cold, Michigan, rainy, wet, April, spring. Gray. Cold. Did we miss anything? Freezing. Anyways. Depressing. (laughs) We are in the studio in the barn. It is hard to heat this barn up when it's 30 degrees outside and rainy. Oh my God, yes. But Janelle has a big robe on, so we're going to power through this. A robe and a blankie and Trent's wearing his winter jacket and his PJ pants. And I have a, well, Janelle put me on a diet, so I have a bush (laughs) light keeping me warm tonight. Light. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Janelle went to her first cardio class tonight. I got out of it. And now she thinks we're going kickboxing tomorrow. Um, you guys don't understand. I thought I was going to die. I haven't worked out probably since high school. So it's been a good like five, six years. And I honestly thought I was going to pass out and die. But so. before we get to that, today's guest. We have Cheyenne Orvis, who is such a great girl. I mean, I really, it's, like, I really hate saying this every podcast. But, like, again, I think she was, like, one of our best. Like, I can't believe how great the interview was. Yeah. I mean, she, like, not only was it was, she was just so in touch with the world we currently live in. Yes. Like. Yeah. If you guys are looking for some inspiration, um, definitely listen to this because she comes from a, you know, like a pretty, pretty, what am I trying to say? We don't want to give it all away, but there's no not many people like her in the world. Yeah. First off, she carries the Orvis last name, even though she's not affiliated with Orvis, but it's in her history, you know? And, uh, I mean, somewhere in her line, somebody, you know, there was some Orvis background, and then uh, she was, I mean, we're not going to give it away. Right. But there was, I mean, she just, no one's walked the path she has. No, no, definitely not. So, um, we highly recommend you listen to this interview with her because she is just, like I said, super inspirational, so positive, and super hardworking, um, and is doing a lot of great things. Not only in the fly fishing community, but just in general. So, but there was no naiveness. Like, I, I what struck me about her is like everything she's doing is for like a, a mission and our purpose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And she's, you know, at a, such a young age, you guys would never guess. Like, she's only twenty three years old, newly twenty three, and you would guess she's much older just because of her demeanor, I guess you could say. And we can um, talk about it because it, it does come up in the podcast. I mean, she was in and out of the foster care system, which is something I know nothing of, but I'm going to sure shit guess that that makes you a stronger person. Absolutely. So like I said, if you're looking for some inspiration, definitely give this give this one a listen. And but, if uh, you're here just for Cheyenne, skip forward to yeah. the middle and find it. Yes. Unless you want to listen to us talk about our week and the GSDL. Let's get into it. Let's Starting into off it. with the weekly we, roundup. Yeah. You remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> Episode eight, folks. Ep- episode eight. All right, Trent. So for the weekly roundup, let's talk a little bit about what we did. So Tuesday to Tuesday. This was a big week. Man, there is so much to do. I think... Uh, this was a hard week of farming. What was your what was your weekly roundup? Um, weekly roundup, like Trent said, definitely a lot of time spent on the farm, getting things up and ready for the long season. But uh, nonetheless, we got a lot done this week, and I feel pretty accomplished. I don't know about you. We should back up when we say farming, because Cheyenne brings it up because we told her we woke up at like 10 a.m. Not no, we didn't wake up at 10 a.m. <laughs> but we were up at like 8 a.m. But by the time we got outside, it was like 10 a.m. She kind of made a joke about. I thought you guys were farmers. 
And it's true. We are farmers, but we are like newbie farmers. Yes. You know, like yes. I grew up farming. I'm not like, oh, I was in a city job and I want to become a farmer. No, 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 no. I grew up farming, but now I'm like kind of farming, you know, for our future family. Yeah. It's so a whole different type of farming, like trying to farm for income. Yeah. We just <laughs> kind of write our own rules. Yeah. So trying to start, trying to start, a, like trying to maintain a farm in the 21st century with only 40 acres, none of those farms have existed for 40, 50 years. Right. And, so. Uh, Anyway, so this week, weekly roundup was uh, just really trying to stay motivated that there is a market for local farming still. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what would you say your high was? Oh, fixing the plow. I don't want to, this ain't a farming podcast, but <laughs> fixing the plow. That probably was your high. You worked a long time on that plow. Yeah. And just quickly, like for people that don't know, there's a thing called plowing. You have land and you have to turn the soil over to make a garden. Nobody has plowed, not exaggerating. Plows have been dead for 20, 30 years. They've been replaced by newer equipment with bigger tractors and a lot more Roundup spray. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you got to feed the world. I'm not here to say if that's good or bad, but what I am trying to say, if you want to do it, uh, you have to use old equipment, especially that we can afford. Anyways, I had this old plow. Oh my God. I just, <laughs> oh man, I got this tractor. I blew two tires cause I was plowing too hard. I got it stuck in the mud. It was just horrible. And then I cracked a piece of a hundred year old metal off and I seriously had to, McGu- I was so impressed Yeah. with myself. He, so Trent cracks this piece off right and his he's so creative so he decides to go to the tractor store and buy like 17 dollars worth of like bolts in this little i don't even know what you would call it i don't even I know knew, what these things are i knew it would have cost two or three hundred dollars to have somebody come to the field and weld it and i went to the tractor store and said can i do this for 50 bucks or less and i just knew i had to somehow attach two pieces of metal together so I bought clamps and bolts and straps, and it was a pain in the ass. And then I, uh, it worked. It worked. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, it only made a couple turns, but that's all I had left. <laughs> and I put it in the corner, and I have a lot of plowing to do, but I just don't want to think about that right now. But you did it, and the field looks great. Yeah, that was a big moment. Yeah, so you did that, and you disced. So yeah, I can see how that would be your high of the week. Okay, what was your, uh, we'll, we'll change it up on you. What was your, was your high of the week? My high of the week? Seeing the arugula sprouted today. Oh, yeah. We already got crops coming up. Oh, so exciting. I don't know how. It's snowing out still. For those... I know. But listen. But for those of you who've never, like, had a garden or planted anything in your life, for me personally, it is, like, the best feeling in the entire world to see a seed that you've sown sprout from the ground, especially since the weather's been so freezing cold here. Um, it's just really gratifying, and it makes the work that you do worth worthwhile so yeah like we have a whole green we have a whole greenhouse planted and right now uh will you go first what's your low of the week my low of the week um the weather yeah but you can't control that what's your other low of the week my low of the week Hmm. that you can control that i can control let me think about it for a second you go ahead you go first my low of the week is oh man it it really is the seeds uh, like Janelle was just saying, the high of the week is watching arugula grow, arugula grow, which is a fantastic thing to eat. I found out. Um, but uh, the low is man, we uh, tomatoes and peppers. They just do not want to come up in the greenhouse. Like I have done everything. I have. Yeah. I've done everything. I've given them a greenhouse. I've given them a heater. I have made it seventy and snow. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll germinate. Oh, they will. I have faith, so I can't say that's my low, but. But yeah. 
It is. It is like, when are they going to sprout? Because we planted them a while ago. Not a while ago, but a decent amount ago where they should have been germinated. You got to give me a low, though. Low. My low. Oh, God. Feeling like I was going to die today at class. What about the calendar at Walmart? That sure pissed you off. Okay. This really pissed me off. So I go on Amazon and I'm about to buy... And I'm like, okay, we're going to be adults. We're going to be organized. So I go and I find this desk calendar on Amazon. It was like 11 bucks or something like that. Okay. So I, so I get the, th- I get the thing two days later in the mail and today Trent and I go to Walmart because we had to get some stuff for the seeds and walking through like the organization section, like with the binders and stuff, here is the same exact calendar that I had purchased online for half the price and i was like but that's a good if that's the low of your week you should be happy yeah yeah i really had a decent week yeah considering so yeah can't complain yeah janelle don't have many lows that's the truth yeah lessons of the week that's probably my lesson do your research before you buy (laughs) stupid shit (laughs) what's your what's your lesson my lesson of the week is we have got to stop thinking about the future and if we're going to make money on the farm because yeah honestly you may never make any money farming so we just got to start with planting the seeds and that's my lesson of the week is just slow it down i gotta stop caring about uh if the farm's gonna be successful and like saving the farm and like making money farming i just gotta go with it yeah if it works it works at this point it's damn near may and at this point well, let's just jump into it head first i agree lesson I of agree. the week that's a good lesson and i have to agree i have to agree to that that's usually what people say when the plane engine goes out and you just start falling down you're like ah well just enjoy <laughs> well, the plane trip down <laughs> sir <laughs> i mean here we go <laughs> oh my god all right Moving on to the on. next on on to the next the gsdl we got to get like a button or something where it's like gsdl in like a like a sports voice yeah, we'll, we'll jump right on that. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, update from last week. Okay, Trent, what was your GSDL last week? You gave me the GSD was uh, plow and disc the field and get the barley ready to plant for beer and get the garden ready to plant. And I think I got, I think I crushed it. You did crush it. What would be my grade? 10. 10? 10 out of 10. 1 out of 10, I got a 10. Nice. Yeah, I think no, that's the you, first 10. You actually really, you really nailed it. We're about to fist bump. No, I'm going to no. celebrate with a little... Uh, He's drinking beer instead. Push light. <laughs> well, cheers with my water. Nice. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I, I think I did pretty good on my GSD. Heck, yeah, you did. You got a lot done this week. Yeah. You worked hard this week. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And uh, what was your GSD? My GSD was to wake up earlier. And what would you grade me? On a scale of one to ten, you did say you wanted to be out because my criteria for out of bed was out of bed to the couch with a <laughs> cup of coffee watching the news. That was my criteria because you said you could do it by seven thirty. I said, no, 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 we'll let you do eight thirty. Oh. Uh, did you hit an eight thirty on the couch with a cup of coffee? There might have been one out of seven days of the week that I actually did. So what would you scan on a scale of one to ten? What do you want to give yourself? No, you have to grade me. I don't grade myself. I'm gonna give you. I'll be nice. Give you a four. A four? A four is good. Come on. For one out of seven. (laughs) Okay, but okay. Maybe I wasn't on the couch with a cup of coffee watching the news, but I was up in bed on my phone reading the news. All right. I'll give (laughs) you that. You have have gotten up every day by nine. See, see that. Okay. 
that alone earns me like 10 out of 10, I feel like. All righty. It's hard transitioning from bartending and Key West where it was 2 or 3 a.m. calls uh, to getting up early now and farming. We're still trying to transition. Realistic- but I feel like we're getting closer every week. Can I make a point though really quick? Yeah. I realistically haven't woke up before 9 o'clock since high school unless it was like for something because that's your like, career path i mean you do a lot of late night serving and bartending yeah that's fair okay yeah that's you know true. what i mean that's so, very true yeah so it's not like you're sleeping in a sleep bed yeah that's true you know it's just though you're working third shift or second shift but yeah by the way i don't think we ever clarified for new listeners what gsdl is it's our get shit done list so i'm sure you figured that out since we've kind of been talking about it all right trent so what's the gsd for this week the GSD for this week. Uh, I give you one, you give me one. Okay. I will give you one. Um, get shit done list this week. Really? I think it is uh, just getting everything in the greenhouse planted. Okay. I think uh, just, just, just write down how many plants you think we need for people this summer and just let's put our head down and get these damn seeds planted. Okay. So that's for both of us. That's the group. The farm, the farm GSD. Okay. So your GSD personally, just get that calendar up and running. Yeah. I think you can do that. Okay. You got that calendar. You got ripped off. All right. Make it worth it. That's easy. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. All righty. Your GSD. Are you ready? Oh my God. This is a good one. Does it involve less bush light? No, you can drink bush light. Nice. Um, build a chicken coop. God, no. No, I knew it was coming. <laughs> if you, know, you want. I knew it was coming. If you want. That's like, okay, that's But like we need to get the chickens tip. rolling. Yeah, I know, but because like, we, we got all these chickens, chickens and just throw yeah, them in Yeah, we have like, we, this lady is waiting on us to put our order in for chickens. Yeah. And like, we're doing it. We have to. That's I want, we, we both want fresh eggs in the morning. For the record, uh, the big man upstairs is not cooperating with weather. I can't build a chicken coop when it's 35 and raining. Yeah, that's true. So, so if weather permits, that should be your task. I got a my first ever bachelor party this weekend. And you're, oh, gonna, are you excited? you're thinking one week I can bachelor party it up for two days and then build a chicken coop. I'm actually scared for Trent, but also very excited. Oh my God. She's just so giddy. She's like so giddy that I have a friend. Yeah, I know. Well, this is Trent's first bachelor party. I'm excited too. He should be excited. Except that it's the only good day. So I should be planning. That's well, okay. I'll be planting. We'll cross that bridge. I'm going to plant on Friday until I go hang out with bachelors, bachelorette. We're going to get wild this weekend. <laughs> I'm All just kidding. Right. By the Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, I yeah. think uh, let's move into it. What's the next section? The next section. For our next segment, we're going to do some viewer questions. We got a couple of really good ones this week, actually. So we'll let uh, the way it goes. Janelle picks out a question. I pick out a question. We have no idea what question has been picked. Yes. I'm going to let Janelle ask me first. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So Annalise asked, "Who is?" Wait a minute. The little sister. Yes. The little one. <laughs> little one. She did ask a question, and she asked us both, "Who's your biggest inspiration in life, and why?" Man, biggest info like what? Like, give me a give me like a section of my life. Just I, I probably don't got one. Like give me a. Um, I guess just, just who made the biggest impact on you throughout your life? It's really probably got to be my friend David. You know. Yeah. Like I hate like I I hate just bringing up I brought him up beforehand, but 
Dave is one of my oldest fr- oldest friends, and I met him in Yellowstone, and I'm sure I can share his story because he, he, he always has said I, I shared it with you. And uh, he comes from a pretty rough past. I mean, was raising his family like when he was like 16, 17, and he was down on his luck and bounced around, and and he he is just such a positive person. I mean, Janelle's met him. Mm-hmm. and He's uh, a wonderful human being. And he is just such a positive, positive person even with everything he's gone through in his life. And then I met him bartending in Yellowstone National Park. I was like 19. It was my first ever serving job. And I was working in the National Park. It was my first seasonal job. So many different things opened up in my world. And I met this bartender guy. And what he went on, I mean, he he just got a wife and a kid. And most people, like even me and, me and Janelle sometimes, are like, oh, we can't have children. We're going to get married. But can we, can we have a child? We need to be financially supported, blah, blah, blah. And David literally will say, tell me a story about... Man, I heard that we were having a baby, and I said, "Yep, time to time to get serious." And he said, "Everything changed, man. I never took another sip of alcohol, never touched anything again. For I just stopped cold turkey and said I need to change my life." And he built a really, really successful business. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, he's just a, such an inspiration to me. I'm like, man, I knew you back in the crazy days as a bartender, and now you have a wonderful family, and you're a businessman with employees. And he'll just laugh and have a sip and look at you and say, I don't believe it either. And it's just amazing just for his children. And he he always has inspired me. Yeah. So that's a good one. Definitely, yeah. David. Yeah, he's such a good person. Um, what about for you? You got somebody who, who you really look up to? I do. Uh, to be completely honest, not to be a super sap, but Trent, you're my biggest inspiration. Shut up. I'm no, serious. I'm not. Just what yes, are you, you doing? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And here's why. Oh my you God. You have always had that. I'm going to cry. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't pick this question. Um, no, you've always inspired me. You're so adventurous and passionate. And for those of you who don't personally know Trent, he's such a go-getter and he will set his mind to something and when he does he usually succeeds more so than any other average person would so um i don't know you continue to inspire me every day in everything that we do and push me and make me a better person so well thank you biggins you're welcome i'm going to copy that for the wedding vows And I would like to change my answer to you are my biggest inspiration. Oh my gosh, stop. Okay, you can't do that. We can talk about that later. Okay, anyways. um, Moving on. Moving on. It's my turn to pick a question. Mine came from Annalise also. No. The little one. (laughs) Um, It says, if all jobs had the same pay and the same hours, what job would you have? Um, to be honest with you, I've always aspired to be, this sounds really cheesy, but like if I were to have a family, my full-time job, I would really want to just be like a stay-at-home mom and dedicate my time and energy to them. Because I feel like, I feel like spending time with the people that you love is the most important thing. I feel like love takes people places that never take others. I don't, I don't know. It's really cheesy of me, but yeah, no, I, I guess I just like to spend time being in the garden or learning how to do things like so like that's something that I really want to learn. Just just teaching myself how to how to do things. I don't know. Is that a good answer? But yeah, it's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, that's what know. it is. If, if, just like learning different yeah. different trades and, and trying new things. So I like it. Yeah, that's what, pretty good. What would be your job? 
Oh, man. My, my job would probably be a professional fish seeker outer. <laughs> professional fish hunter. Trent Dunoff. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you told me all jobs were created equal and all pay and all hours were created created equal, I would pick uh, one of the best professions of all time, which is probably American Entrepreneur, which could be anything. That was my own my own thing and i would probably i'm, I'm big with janelle i would I, I would like to be able to set up a, a life where we uh, never see snow again unless i'm snowboarding oh my god yeah and so it would be like we'd be in new zealand or argentina down in patagonia and it would be like being able to have like a little like a, a estancia like a little ranch we're in new zealand having a whole bunch of little sheep and a little river and then coming back to a home base in the mountains or uh, Michigan and farming, just kind of what we already do, but just without having to worry about finances. And yeah, because like... the biggest question we get all the goddamn time is, uh, "What's your five-year plan?" And I hate that question. I do too. I mean, I understand why it's taught in school, and I'm understand why everyone says you have to have a five-year plan, and I understand it. But I okay, I can go up to this is why I hate it. Right, I can go up to anybody. Right, mm-hmm. anybody. Uh, supermarket, bar. Bowling alley, gas station. I go up to anybody. Say, what's your five-year plan? Everyone's got the same five-year plan. No one ever says, man, I want to be unemployed, (laughs) waiting for a government check, trying to get by. Nobody says that. Everybody says, oh, I want to start this or start that, and I want to do this, and I got a dream. Like, everybody's got a dream, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, everyone always asks five-year plans. Well, what happens if it fails? What happens if it fails? Okay, you have a dream. What happens if it fails? And it's like, God damn, it is going to fail probably. You know what I mean? (laughs) I've heard the stats, 80,000 whatever percent of people fail when they try to start something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where uh, we get that question a ton. And we do have a five-year plan, obviously. Right. We would like to raise a family. Um, Yeah. That's a good, yeah. See, this is why Trent inspires me because he, no, but seriously though, but listen to that. Like you are that person that's like, yeah, you're going to fail, but you just got to keep going. Like there are very few people that. Okay. But let me back up. Like I'm not, let me back up for a second. You're trying to make me sound so good. No, but it's true. Let me ask you, let me ask you before Janelle was in Trent's life. How would you describe Trent? I didn't know you before you were in my life. You knew me in the beginning. (laughs) He was a wild animal. I mean, if this it wasn't is what for I've, you, this is yeah. what I've heard. Like Trent was just a wild animal, had no agenda for anything or anybody. Like did his own thing. I but never really had a cell phone. Have, like, a I never went to the doctor. I never got my heart checked up. I never got online. I never sent back an email. I I was a pretty horrible employee. A lot of my friends probably owe me a punch in the face. I was just a <laughs> wild animal. And when I met Janelle. My God, we're we're talking into a microphone. I'm staring at a computer, little screen, like little lines are going by, <laughs> and it's all crap I learned on YouTube. And I'm gonna post it online, and then I'm gonna check and see if any. Oh yeah, by the way, I forget every time. What? So you got it. If you guys are listening, uh, we didn't. We paid for like the one ninety nine knockoff cheapo version to put the podcast online. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who listens or if anybody listens, unless you hit the subscribe button. Yeah, so subscribe. I don't want this to be an ad, but I'm just letting you know. Dollar ninety nine, help us out because it keeps saying. Well, if you want to know who's listening, you gotta upgrade to nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's true. Unless I, the only thing I can see is subscribers. That's the only thing it lets me see. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to the three of you. <laughs> yeah. So if you are listening, we really it would mean a lot because you don't understand how cool it is to see how many people listen but we don't really know like but i've always hated that in podcasts when they beg for shit so i just want to i want to move it on yeah okay that's all i need but uh 
Yeah, what the hell were we talking about? Yeah, we were just talking about questions. That's really good going into our guest of the day, Cheyenne, because a lot of the times we get so deep and into it, we're kind of like, what were we talking about? Which is why she was such a great, great interviewee. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, let's talk more about her. Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Um, I think we kind of covered a lot of the highlights at the beginning, but again, uh, I feel like it's really important for you guys to listen to her because she has such a great story. You guys really should follow her Instagram. Um, she's, she advocates so for so many great things for people who, yeah, I guess you should just listen and find out, but, um, she works with nonprofit organizations and does all of that kind of thing, teaching people how to fly fish and cons- about conservation. So I think the biggest thing with, uh, with her that I, I loved was, uh, we usually like to pick one or two topics and discuss it, discuss it, um, from the, from the interview. And I think the biggest thing was this, um, um, how would you say like, uh, just with Instagram and social media, like a lot, I mean, it's all over the news. A lot of people go, oh, depression rates are way up, you know what I mean? Or, or suicide rates are way up and the social media's fall and everyone portrays their life so happy on social media. And I think we really dive into that subject of like, it really is hard that there's this tool out there, social media, and it's a tool that you can use to grow your brand and, and who you are. And, uh, I think it's a really tight line to walk. Mm-hmm. nowadays and i think she really dives into it and she understands that like um uh you know what i'm trying to say yeah just just how it can bring togetherness but there also is a darker side and she talks a little bit about both about the positive effects that it can have as well as you know maybe the negatives um and how the realness behind all of it so uh, i think it's i think her perspective was really cool and she brought a lot of insight to that yeah, and I think it can be used, used like, uh, especially in our lives, you know, like we're out here uh, trying to raise a family. Every, everyone always asks, like, what's your five-year plan? And it's like, man, I'm just trying to figure out five-day plan. And you know what I mean? And it's you're trying to start a farm or you're trying to do this, and this is a great outlet, social media, podcasting, YouTube videos, Instagram stories. I mean, you, you really got to filter through the bad crap, but this girl, Cheyenne, she was in foster care. All she cares about is is doing charity work, and she's saving up money to take girls fishing on opportunity, like young girls especially uh, who who might be without a family and just need a, need somewhere to go. And I just, I mean, that's what drives her as a person. And she has this, you know, a total. She can control her own her own thing on her own page and her own time, mm-hmm. yeah. which was amazing because there's a lot of people that do a lot of things for other people. And when we asked her, like, what are you doing? Are you, who do you work with? And she's like, this is all through my page. Right. Like I'm raising money strictly through my page to give back. You know, I still work as a fly fishing guide. I had to work a winter job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she's very transparent with all of it. So, um, again, we highly, highly, highly recommend listening to this. If you're, you know, if you're kind of maybe doubting yourself or need some inspiration or just some positivity, uh, yeah, she's a good she's a good person to listen to and you know maybe even reach out to because oh yeah yeah she's awesome so so let's get into it yeah all right you want to give us a little countdown three two uno let's do it let's do it Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Today on our uh, eighth podcast, I think we're killing it. Number uh, eight. We have a great guest. We're very excited. We've been trying to get her for a couple weeks now, and today it worked out this morning. Cheyenne. Orvis. Uh, hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Good. Um, 
So as we do to every one of our guests, we always like to know where you are in the world and kind of like the atmosphere or setting that you're in. Just because Trent and I are usually in a weird place. And right now we're kind of in like his mom's pole barn slash hair salon. So (laughs) yes. That's great. I'm actually, so I'm in Colorado and then I'm actually in a retail store right now called Strafe sitting in the office because that's where I get the best service to hop on the phone and chat. So yeah. Really? Working right yeah. now? Are you, are you at work right now? No, I'm actually not working. I was helping like move some stuff um, downstairs. We're just like helping them kind of like renovate, but I had to come upstairs to kind of hop on the call because we, we have terrible service in the mountains. So had to connect oh to some Wi-Fi. So they're letting me hang out in their office at one of their desks to chat. Oh, yay. <laughs> you could oh, do that. We, we're going to owe you like a whole big bottle of wine or something. I know. We're going to have like <laughs> a case of wine. Good God. <laughs> I do love wine. So, <laughs> so uh, you're located in Colorado then, right? Yes, I am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, okay. Where, what part? Whereabouts? So just outside of Aspen, Colorado. Um, so the store that I'm actually in right now is, uh, in Aspen and then I live in Basalt, which is about 20 minutes outside of town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Summit County kid. I spent many years in Breckenridge. Oh, okay. So you're pretty familiar with this area. Have you ever heard of a town called Creed, Colorado? Oh yeah. I like to talk about Creed on the, on the podcast. <laughs> nothing there, people. <laughs> There's uh, nothing there. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in that little valley up there. Mm-hmm. I love all of Colorado. Everything is so beautiful. And I feel like everything's so different. Like each like little valley you go to is like so unique in its own way. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's... were you born and raised there? I was not. I was born in Michigan. And I no, think you guys are in Michigan or somewhere, right? Yes. What part of Michigan are you from? I was born in Flint, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. So, well, West, we're on the other side, the west side. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh, I... Just grew up all over though but yeah how long have you been in uh so w- did you go to college in michigan were you in michigan a long time or i so i was born in michigan i lived there until i was 12 um i actually went through foster care so i left home around 12 and then i moved around for a little bit and i moved to colorado when i was 14 then i ended up going back to michigan but then i came back about six years ago okay so you moved a yeah. little bit back and forth yeah. and... i guess we won't we, we don't we don't brought you don't have to talk about anything that's not personal but uh um, I don't understand the foster system. So at 14, was it like a, like when you moved, was it a family you were with or were you adopted then or? I uh, was not adopted. It's, it's, so it kind of varies on the system. I think everywhere that you go is going to be a little bit different. So mine was, I had to, essentially they decide that they're going to pull you from your home. Um, and so then the next kind of situation is, okay, are there any like immediate family members who can take you in? So mine was, I had Went into like a foster care home. They found me a family member who would take me in, which was uh, a grandmother of mine. And then I lived with her for about a year. And then every year after that, I lived with somebody else just because it was a pretty uh, kind of poor situation. So I think it was I always kind of felt like a burden in each family that I like lived with. So I had to like kind of move and transition to like live with somebody else for a little bit. And then, you know, eventually I uh, was old enough to kind of go and do my own thing yeah and then you ended up residing in Colorado I did yeah I love it out here that's wonderful that's a good thing to learn young how to move quickly every year yeah (laughs) I know you get comfortable wherever you are yeah yeah Yeah, you really do well that's amazing so now you are pretty much been in Colorado then for a long time then huh 
Yeah, yeah. Was it always in Aspen area, or is it Denver? Or it was um, when I was 14. I lived with a family in like Longmont, which is just outside of Denver, and then uh, moved back to Michigan. And when I was 17, I decided to come back out here to Colorado, and it was Aspen area. I had never been out here, but I had some friends who lived in this in that area before. And it was, you know, I was, I just knew that I wanted to get out of Flint. So I was like, okay, well, I just need to get out of here. Like, where can I go? And found a job in Aspen. Was like, all right, done. I'm like going there. Didn't go to college. Um, and oh, just kind that's... of starting my career in, in the fishing industry from there. Hell yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're the same way. We jumped from high school to podcasting. <laughs> yeah, ten, like 10 years after high school. Though. Um, 10 years after high school. Sorry, yes. So, okay, so speaking of, like, fly fishing, I'm sure you get this all the time pertaining mm-hmm. to your name. Wait, so when I first found you, because I was just looking for big fish, because we brand new to Instagram, I saw Cheyenne, and then I saw Orvis. So if anyone's not familiar with the podcast, Orvis is, or fly fishing, Orvis is a huge company. So I assumed you were a sponsored guide by Orvis, and that's why you were Cheyenne of Orvis. Is that mm-hmm. not correct? It is not, but it's so funny how many people think that. I think it'd be. I've never seen anybody put like a company that they're like sponsored by, like in their username. So it's been so funny to see how many people had thought, you know, that it was just Cheyenne Orvis. Like, yeah, I was partnered with Orvis or something. But yet I wear Sims waiters and I wear Sims waiters purposely so people will like maybe <laughs> think that like I'm not partnered with Orvis. Really? <laughs> yes. But the connection oh. is still, you know, people now, still there, get a little confused. Is there any, like, uh, is it just happened to be your last name randomly or? Uh... No. So there, so I am a descendant of, uh, not of Charles, but his brother Rogers. Um, so descendant of like that original, like Orvis family. So I really think it's like, you know, in, I have that passion for fishing and that, you know, heritage and passion for it runs in my blood. Um, so it's funny. Yeah. Super distant, um, you know like super distant from yeah, so you, uh, you know probably, the original you probably don't know many people then on the orvis line then is what you're saying uh, my entire family actually is is like they're all their last name is orvis i think the hard thing that kind of differentiates it is i left home at a young age so i wasn't close with any of them but okay. my grandfather did fly fish um and they owned a fly fishing business in michigan on like up near charlevoix okay so like off of lake michigan yeah. um but, you know, to be totally transparent, it was my, you know, my parents just weren't the best parents. So I wasn't close to that side of the family um, and just kind of ended up, you know, not really talking to them still to this day. But um, but yeah, I mean, Orvis was sold so long ago. So it was really the Perkins family who ended up making it what it is today. OK. Wow. And they're in no relation to like the actual Orvis family, right? No, they aren't. OK. okay. But yeah, they no. bought it in like the early 60s. Yeah, there's a right. lot of history, drama, and uh, I think there's I think there's more drama in fly fishing than the most people think when it comes to companies <laughs> and loyalties and all that. So yeah. I, I saw I saw one Absolutely. of your older posts where you said something about the Orvis name, and I was like, man, this chick is pretty badass because she out there crushing it, and she got the. I, I just thought it was a pretty cool story <laughs> you had. Seriously though, because you're you're a young female, like young beautiful female out there doing your own thing, and you clearly are super passionate about like fly fishing and like out the outdoors in general. Um, would you say that kind of drives your everyday life is like being outside and just like getting on the river and cause you're a guide also. Yeah. Well, how did, yeah, you, get so into, I, how did you get into fly fishing? So being around it from my grandfather. So like 
every summer I would go up north with my mother. And uh, I mean, my entire family is obsessed with fishing. So I should just start with that. Like almost every single person wakes up at like three in the morning, like diehard, passionate, like conventional spin fishermen. Um, my grandfather loved fly fishing. So like there was a creek that was like right next to the lake on our property and he would fly fish for like little brook trout that were in that lake and in, in that creek. Um, and so I would always see it with him with fly fishing, but I wasn't really close to him. And so I tried it a little bit as like a little girl. I actually had a girlfriend in high school who would always go fly fishing with her family. And like, that is like the inspiration kind of behind it. I was like, Oh man, like, you know, I saw my grandfather fly fishing, but like, I didn't really think that I could too. So then when my friend did it, I was like, wow, like I want to do it too. So I would go with her and her brother um, fly fishing a little bit. And then I didn't really get into it when I, until I moved out to Colorado, that's when I like got to Aspen was like, Oh, I'm going to buy my own rod. I'm going to figure this out. And you know, I'm going to start fishing. Okay. And so, so are you, would you consider yourself self-taught or who, who like taught you how? Cause I know you said I, you spent a lot no. of time with your grandfather and I know you said like your friend inspired you, but who actually like physically taught you how to do it? I mean, I think it's going to be a combination of everybody that kind of influenced me in that. So, you know, I think my grandfather introduced that, like casting and understanding fly fishing. And then, you know, when I would go fishing with my friend and her brother a few times, but I think it's an accumulation of a bunch of people that throughout my life, you know, then I dated a guy, you know, for like a couple months and he like took me fishing as well. And then I found a group of girls to go fishing with. So it's, I, th- I wouldn't say self-taught because, yeah, I did a lot on my own, but it was also just an accumulation of a bunch of amazing people that, you know, influenced, like, my knowledge and I got to, like, learn from. Yeah, and really grow. So are you, yeah. is your income now completely fly fish guiding? Is that, I mean, is that your? No, no, I wish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm so broke. <laughs> hey, no, we can relate. I, uh... I guide most of like the summer and like spring and fall. Um, And then in the winter months, it's really just kind of bits and pieces of like different things that I love. So like I love snowboarding. I worked with Strafe um, on the sales end of things. And that's kind of what I did part time during the winter months. Um, I babysit and, you know, I just I I don't think I'm ever going to make a ton of money, but I'm going to be happy doing what I love. You know, that's, you know, traveling or whether that's like you know, trying to make an income around the things that I love to do. But yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that question because I'm not quite there yet. You know, I think the journey just started. So maybe no, I'll ask me that again in like five years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely yeah, revisit just, that yeah, because you, <laughs> you hit our whole podcast on the head because uh, uh, I guess, can we get into it now? A little bit about social media? Yeah, um, go for it. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Janelle has a way we like to do these podcasts, but that's like what you just said kind of hit the nail on the yeah. head. Yeah. Because we really focus on social media, and the only reason we really started this podcast because I saw a lot of these, uh, just a lot of people talking a lot of shit on, because we're brand new to Instagram, and I was like, man, a lot of people. And then you saw all these young people, and a lot of people were getting crap. And then uh, um, I listened to a Kelly Gallup podcast. It was out of Montana. And he said something about young people in the game. And that's why I love what you just said, because it, it is one of those things where it's like, we're not sure where we're going, but there's got to be a voice for these people who are like, hey, we're trying to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not just trying to make photos of fish on Instagram for likes. Like we really like it, this could be we're trying to make a career just like everyone else that came before us. Yeah. No, I love that. Well said. Yeah. And I, I feel like to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and also, though, like looking at your page, uh, you're such a positive influence 
to other people. Like you're always like, it, it seems like you're always just bringing positivity to other people and talking about the benefits of what social media can do. And as far as bringing people together in the fly fishing community, and it seems like you're so involved and you volunteer a lot and you're so about getting, especially female anglers out and trying new things. Um, and yeah, just doing what they're passionate about and what they love. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for saying that. Have you gotten any, I, uh, like, uh, oh, sorry, you can go. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree with that. I think it's so important to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I think in every industry there's going to be, and maybe this is like my childhood and how I grew up, but I felt like everything was always so clicky, you know? And I think like the biggest thing that I tried to do on Instagram was like, Hey, everybody can do it. You know, like, I don't care how good you are at fly fishing or maybe you're way better than I am, but like, let's just get together and fish. Or maybe you're a brand new angler, but like, you know, I think sometimes people can be so negative and so clicky and judgmental in a sense. And I'm like, man, like, why do we, why, why are people like that? Or why do we do that? So like, it's kind of my focus to like, hopefully influence all of these girls within the industry to like, maybe not be so much against each other, like this competitiveness sense, but like, you know, like, why don't we do this together and kind of like form a little group and just do it because we love it and share that like passion and that love for the sport and influence other people to get into it mm-hmm. and support each other. Sense. Yeah. Oh, support no, it definitely well does. No, it, that makes a lot of sense. It definitely Absolutely. does. But you send that message. Like, I just want you to know yeah. that you definitely like if someone, if a stranger were to go onto your page and check it out, like you, you, you it just shines like it shines through. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So have you had any, uh, I don't know what they call it, hate or something online like uh, like that? Have you had a lot of experiences like that or has everyone been pretty nice to you? Yeah, I um, I actually recently did like a Instagram video and I did this uh, segment where I talk about like finding the courage to follow your dreams. And like the biggest thing in this piece that I talk about is like kind of overcoming these obstacles of like what other people think about you. And I know when I first started Instagram and kind of, you know, being more thoughtful on what I post and, you know, honestly partnering with companies and doing advertisements. I think that gets a lot of like negative, you know, feedback too from other people. Cause you know, again, there's like this other side or this other generation of anglers who are like, Oh, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. But I think it's also just like, you know, making sure that when you have an Instagram, it's, you know, it's authentic and it's positive and you can do it and, you know, also monetize it but in a positive way and do it for the right reason. So like, you know, I'm constantly trying to like promote that message. Um, and yeah, sometimes I kind of ramble and I get off. On the, no, <laughs> no, no, like no. Where I was going. But. No, that's, no. Why, that's, why, that's why we do this. So yes. Uh, but, um, yeah. No, you, you please. The first time that we did a morning one and you're killing it. So we're ha- normally we try to do guests late at night. So <laughs> we, we keep, we keep saying morning and it's literally. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It feels like morning. We bartended in Florida all, all winter, and we just got back to the farm a couple weeks ago, so it's still trying to transition from those late nights. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. yeah. Some slack. That's understandable. Yeah. yeah, still in our PJs, and it's cold and rainy today, so. Yeah. But no, <laughs> yeah. It is rainy today, too, here. Getting back to what you said, though, is uh, um, I think that's the biggest thing about social media. I, I, I listen to a lot of April Vokey, uh, super famous in the fly fishing world, and and uh, she always talks about, and I'm, I'm with her too, there are some people on Facebook where it is really about the looks and the fish and all that stuff. And these are people that are trying to sell ads and stuff. 
And there are some companies that back those people. And but my thing is, whenever somebody tries to argue with me, I'm like, man, have you ever watched a beer commercial? I mean, it just what it just it's part of advertising, and if that's what they want to do, but don't, you can't keep lumping in everybody online who's underneath 30 holding a pitcher of a fish as one of those people. You just cannot. Right. And that was that was what really kept firing me up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons we bought. I like, agree with that. I like from a sense, I understand where people are coming from, you know, with like the whole advertisement and Instagram, because and I'll be honest, I think it's so easy to portray on social media that maybe you're better at what you do than than like or you you portray yourself better than what you are. And like in most other sports, I don't think you can you can't pretend to be a professional soccer player, you know, or a professional snowboarder like, you know, so like in fishing, I feel like it's so easy to maybe fish with other people and to, you know, maybe per- portray that you're this, you know, incredibly, you know, experienced angler when maybe you just got started. So I think like that's where like this disconnect is coming from. And that's why it's so important to, I think, like, hopefully teach people to not portray that, you know, you know a lot more and it's okay to to not know, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's super cool when people are transparent with what they're doing. Um, like you said, especially in fishing, because it's so easy to get online and post like pictures of giant fish. But in reality, there are days when you get out there and you won't catch anything. It's even like she said with like, even like the ethics, because right now Mm -hmm. the big thing is fishing for fish on reds and everybody knows that you can be the worst angler and you get a fish on a red and it takes nothing, two inches of water. Yeah. And so then you get that big fish photo and then you, you hashtag it and you know, caught this with the, you know what I mean? And it's just like, (laughs) we all know what you did, even though we can't prove it. And I think that's when anybody, like me and Janelle, we we post like, I think in a whole year we've posted one brown over 20 like 20 mm-hmm. inches and that was from new zealand and it was like man that's what you get per year you might get yeah. one brown like that per year i don't care what you say it's just it's hard mm-hmm. you know yeah i think it's yeah instagram is a challenging place because yeah it also sets like unrealistic expectations for people who are maybe just getting into the sport when all we're posting is you know big fish i've actually kind of like stepped away from posting so many fish photos because I'm like you know this isn't really what it's about like I don't need to share what I caught with you I can you know I caught it for myself Mm -hmm. so now it's like you know more sharing the journey of like going to the river or being out on the water and like what that does for us and why we do it like why are we out there in the first place yeah definitely because you you get out there and you have a little you have a little friend that comes along with you don't you I do my dog papa he is so cute. He's so beautiful, actually. Thank you. I feel like he's got very, like, soulful eyes. Yes. Or maybe so, I'm biased. I don't know. So what kind of dog is he? He's I a crept, blue so healer I know. Rottweiler. Okay. A Rottweiler? He's a blue <laughs> yeah. healer Rottweiler. Oh, that's got to be a, a pretty dog. No. I he, know. He's, I wanna, yeah. I want to no. see him in person. Like, he's so cute. Is he a good, <laughs> so when you go fishing and you're wading around with a client and stuff, does he come out with you? He does, yeah. He just well, listens to you? I probably shouldn't say that on the air because, honestly, my you know my boss doesn't really want that. But Uh-oh. sometimes he does if I talk to the clients and I'm like, hey, can I sneak my dog with us? And then the other times he not so much. But, yeah. Um, I worked as a whitewater athlete in Montana many years ago. And I did. I talked to my customer and it seemed like they wanted my dog to come along with us for the day. And uh, mm-hmm. the boss man was not okay with that. Even, oh, with, even with permission from the paying customers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I think, like, fishing, I'm like, man, like, I feel like it adds to the experience, you yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, but, and also, you know, I get it. 
you you just had a birthday and uh, yeah. you just went on a little trip right to kind of celebrate uh well we go camping every year for my birthday and we're actually about to go camping so we leave tomorrow morning it was a little delayed so we were supposed to go well I guess I mean we're always camping that we haven't really done the specific birthday one but we, <laughs> but we did go camping <laughs> okay good good no, I ask you since it's April in Colorado are because I, I was young one time now going into my 30s now but when I was mm-hmm. young I tent camp in Colorado in April could you are you still yeah. tent camp like me and Janelle where you upgraded to the van Oh yeah, we always just tent camp. That's uh, all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, year round. Even though I would get cold sometimes, it's a little brutal. You I'm say kind year of a wimp in like the really cold conditions, but you push through. Did you just say year round? Like in December, you're out in Colorado camping <laughs> in a tent. Yeah, sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> I am like, oh my god. Yeah, I, don't really <laughs> I know. No, I seriously think I would die. Like, I think I think under like 50 degrees, I think I'm gonna die of like hypothermia. So I think it's good for it's good for the soul though. Like not for long. Like just go for like a day, you know, and just like freeze your ass off and be miserable. But then yeah, like, just like feel like you go back and you're just like wow. Just oh, humble up a little so bit. Good. Yeah, you humble up a little bit. Absolutely. Get a little- Get a little frostbite. <laughs> I, I, think, I think age catches up to you. My best man in the good. We're getting married, and one of my best man, my best friend, uh, we were in Montana, and we thought we were gonna float. Remember this, you know? We thought we were gonna float the river. Yes. All the way to the big city. It was gonna be like a yes. four-day river trip. So we packed the boats, and it's the beginning of March. The squalor hatch is going on. So we jump in the boat. We make it one night. We get down there. We build a big fire, and his girlfriend was freaking out and she, she was kind of like this is colder than we thought we didn't bring enough gear and i remember him giving this great speech on whiskey about that you get all every night you sleep in your good mattress with netflix on command yada yada in your heated blanket you sleep on the ground one <laughs> night like our ancestors and he gave us, <laughs> like our ancestors <laughs> and, it, and it was wonderful so we all passed out reason next morning we woke up he's making a pot of coffee he's like yeah i'm not doing four more days of this that's when you just gotta keep drinking whiskey yes <laughs> the thing is no. i feel i think we're the same age cheyenne you're what 23 yeah yeah we're the same age and right. i don't really? even think yeah we're gonna have her back she she already committed to that and so in five years when she's going into her 30s i'm gonna say are, are you still sleeping in a tent <laughs> hey i don't so how old are you then who trent yeah i'm 29 you're 29 so my boyfriend is 31 he's still sleeping in a tent so you, i don't know man <laughs> yep shots fired for sure <laughs> Tent, middle of May to beginning of October. Yeah, same. But uh, I don't know. How you, I can't do the winter stuff no more. We probably could if we just like <laughs> bundled up. Do you guys just bring a, like bring a ton of gear and just like wear layer upon layers? Oh or yeah, sh- oh yeah, definitely all the layers. Like I don't think you change. I don't ever change. Like you're just wearing the same clothes because it's too cold to change. Yeah, and then like we heat up rocks in the fire and we put the rocks like you wrap them up in towels and stuff and you. Yeah. I mean, don't like do this like not a thing that you should probably try at home because i'm not sure if this is like safe at all but this is what we do <laughs> and then we put the rocks in our sleeping bag and it actually warms it up pretty pretty good no, that's that. really smart have yeah. you done that on the side of the river where you, you build a fire in the afternoon and you get a whole bunch of rocks hot and then if you find a sandy part of the river you just bury the rocks just an inch or two underneath the sand and you lay on your back it's the it's the most amazing no. thing oh you gotta that try is genius i'm done 
That'll yes. be next, next trip yeah. where I need to do that. Hard enough to know, but other people don't use wet rocks. That shit will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably I feel like we're giving rocks. people like the terrible ideas right now. Oh man. I know, Why right? Would you get sued for a podcast. Uh, like, be like on this one podcast, we heard this girl say she lighted some rocks, put them in the put them in your sleeping bag. Oh, yes. You gonna burn? Oh my god. Uh, what the? I'm gonna have to figure that out later. I know. We don't edit our podcast, so. Yeah too hard we, yeah. we, people go oh you guys are so cool you guys go off the cusp i'm like that's because i don't know how to edit but anyways uh so so okay so you guys are outdoorsy so do you do any like hiking or anything else that like you have or is it just yeah yeah i mean yeah we do hiking we'll go we'll like okay I only hike unless there's something to fish at the top. Yes! So, <laughs> I can't hike unless there's something up there to like motivate me to keep going. You know, you... otherwise I'm just like, what am I, what am I doing? You know? Oh my God. You just sounded so much like Trent. Trent literally goes, I will not hike. He goes, there was a day and he, cause he used to hike all the time, but he goes at this point in my life, I will not hike no. unless there is an end destination, that. fishing destination. <laughs> Yeah. Buddies, I used to work in Yellowstone National Park. I had these buddies. They could hike like 15, 20 miles up mountains one day, come back to the bar, drink a pitcher of beer. And I was like, oh man, do you know what? You could fish in Yellowstone if you could hike 20 <laughs> miles in a day. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I can't go two fucking miles, but I just can't believe it. Uh, I love it. But um, mm-hmm. so you, you boat and all that, you fish from a boat out there, or is it mainly wave fishing? Yeah, so we mostly, well, we do a lot of both, but we both have boats, um, so we both do a lot of float trips and then wade fishing as well, um, but yeah, we've got a couple of different boats, so that way we can like float different stretches of, of the river, depending on the year, so I've got a raft, and my boyfriend has a drift boat, um, that way we can kind of like target like some, you know, rockier portions of the river and be able to float in the raft, but, but yeah, we do a lot of both. That's great, that's great, and you guys are, you guide on the Roaring Fort, correct? Yeah, Roaring Fork in the Frying Pan, Colorado River, Crystal River. We're in a very like unique situation here. We're so fortunate because we've got four different rivers that are such so close within like you know where we live. It's all within like 30 miles from each other. So it's we've got so many different like you know places that we can kind of have the yeah. opportunity to fish. I like branch out and experience. So do you? Yeah. Do you? Would you say those are your favorite rivers to fish or? In Colorado or just like in just, general? Well, I think what, yeah, like the thing is like uh because whenever people meet me in Janelle, especially when we bartend down in Key West, they'll hear Montana. Then they start asking us about all these rivers, if we get fish these rivers or that rivers, and I'm like, Man, you don't understand. To get to that river, I gotta drive through like five valleys and all those yep. rivers I wanna fish, I just can't get that far. Just <laughs> 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 yeah. So what's your favorite I mean, you don't gotta give away names or people can do their own research, mm-hmm. but do you have a favorite valley or little area or mountain range that like when you just see that mountain range it's not even really about fishing. It's just, man, I'm just so happy to be here. I only get up here every now and then. Or is it somewhere where you get to every day? Like, what, what what's your favorite little region up there? Oh, probably our valley, to be honest, because I love traveling and I love going other places. But then I'm always excited to go home just because it's just it's such an incredible, unique fishery. Um, so definitely where I live, it would would likely be my favorite um, but I love traveling, so I love going to different states and exploring those too, you know, so we're always going to like Utah or Wyoming or Idaho and 
you know, Montana. So not not Wyoming. <laughs> the previous podcast, not Wyoming. We yeah. always do. That's yeah. from always, like always Montana because people love when people talk about Montana who aren't from Montana. So, yes, or Utah. <laughs> Gotta say Utah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's so funny? And to get a little bit sidetracked, it's so funny because mm-hmm. I've spent years living in Montana, Colorado, and Wyoming. And it's so funny how Idaho always kind of gets lost. Like Idaho is the biggest – like everyone always talks, there's too much talk about this. Or I'm like, man, no one really ever talks about Idaho. I know. But, nobody talks about it. I feel like I've never – I never yeah. even see anybody go to Idaho or talk about Idaho. It's but, the big I mean, – Maybe we should not talk about it. Yeah, yeah maybe we should. Out there is everyone is like, oh, Montana got too many people. I'm like, you know who's sneaky good right next door who never gets any Yo. people? Any, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> it is a conspiracy so have you traveled overseas anywhere for for fishing or down to the salt water or is that on the list maybe yeah so i do a lot of saltwater fishing as well um got into that uh three or four years ago and so now i do hosted trips every year um so i'm traveling to honduras this year which will be a first for me and i'm really excited about that um and then i had to mexico in two weeks and or two and a little over two weeks um, and I'll be fishing down there as well. So I'm excited. I've been trying to incorporate a lot more saltwater fishing into my life. Um, it's just pretty costly, you know, so it's just being pretty mindful and, you know, seeing what you can do and making it happen. But yeah, as much as I am able to, I like it's to a, go and fish the salt. It's a good thing to do in the wintertime when you live in Colorado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yes. So are you, are you actually hosting the trips then? Because I know you said yep. they were hosted. Okay. Yeah. Okay, is that so I've through... got a ladies trip. Um, it's all through me. I partner with different lodges, but I've uh, got five girls that are going down to Mexico with me in a few weeks, and I'm really excited about that. That'll be like my first like all women's hosted trip. Uh, and then Honduras is actually it's I work for Fish for Change, so kind of an ambassador, and then I do a little bit of their marketing as well. Um, and it's like a international student program. So this is like a high school and college kids have the opportunity to come down to a lodge and. Guanaja, Honduras, and uh, we'll have we'll be fishing for a week, but we also like give back. So, you know, having discussions on like conservation and getting you know involved in like local initiatives and different um, outreach initiatives as well. So, it's pretty cool. It's like making an impact while we're out there, and that's a student program. So, yeah, no, that's incredible. So, if someone wanted to do that with you, like, what would be the best way to go about it, or how would they get in contact? Yeah, so I would just follow along on our Fish for Change account on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, this summer is completely booked, but we'll be starting to like release some dates for next year. Um, and I'm not on a lot of these, but I mean, you can just always send a message on Fish for Change, or you can email info at fishforchange.org, um, and we can kind of go from there as well. But we'll be releasing the dates for next year's summer programs too, and hopefully getting a couple more girls weeks and uh, maybe even some adult women's weeks out there as well. I've had a lot of interest from people who aren't high school students who want to go out there and, you know, make a difference as well. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's so cool that you you're involved with something like that and so passionate about that. Especially with yeah. your background. Like I'm sure there's a lot of girls like, like I said, I don't know shit about this foster and all that. And, and, and we could add a whole podcast about that, but I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that there's anybody else better in the world than, than you for going, Hey, I, there's some 14 year olds out there who just need to, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah. I think that's like another biggest mission of my, 
you know, my purpose or my calling is like getting this next generation of anglers because I think, you know, we're, I'm so young and there aren't a lot of young women in the sport of fishing is kind of what I feel or the people that I look up to are all, you know, 30 plus. Um, so to kind of have a, hopefully the positive influence or an impact on that next generation and get them into fly fishing or be able to offer opportunities to kids who wouldn't have that opportunity, you know, like when I was in the situation that I was going through, I would have never had four grand to go to Honduras and go fly fishing. Like that would be, you know, unreal. So now we're raising money to, you know, offer these students scholarships to be able to attend something like this. So I think it's, um, you know, hopefully having an impact on, you know, people who wouldn't have had the opportunity to go and experience something like this. Yeah. And I think another big thing too is, uh, I get in arguments with, with people of this in the fly shops all the time, and, and they always, I'm like, you know what? You can get remote. Me and Janelle, we traveled to New Zealand, Argentina, and you can still travel this world. I mean, there's undiscovered places all over that still that I've never seen a fly. But, like, the big thing is, like, with your local river, especially in here in Michigan and Montana and Colorado, everyone's got to start learning that we're all fighting the same battle. You know what I mean? Like, we're not on the river to, like, discover new fish or new bends. Like, we're on the river not to be at work or to get away from, our like, our the rat race and – we all just have to start being more respectful. And if somebody wants to post a big photo of big fish, let, let them. Don't get, you don't gotta crucify them. Like it's just, <laughs> I just everyone's not. A, I don't know. It's just it's such a hard. We're living in such a new world and it moves so quickly now. So. But that's cool that you bring those opportunities to people yeah. who you know maybe would never, ever even think to have an opportunity like that, and yeah. to bring knowledge to the fly fishing game and not even, not even necessarily fishing, but just like being outdoors and the importance of like taking care of our earth and, and, uh, waters. Yeah. So. Well said. It isn't just about fishing. It's about, you know, getting involved or making a difference while you're in these communities. I think like to kind of go off of what Trent said, it's, I think our industry as a whole is so focused on like, you know, these travel destinations and luxury lodges and like, you know, finding these new species and just like, it's like this weird energy around all of it. And, you know, I feel, I feel like I think we if we all want this to go in a better direction, we have to be mindful of that and like be the, a positive influence or make it make a difference when you are traveling to places and you don't have to stay at the nicest places. You can make it work and still be able to experience these, you know, different cultures and, you know, these different places. So I think we all need to like do our part to like shift this focus so it's not this negative like you know, oh, why are they fishing my river? Why are they catching this fish? Or why are they blowing up this spot? You know, instead, like, why don't we like encourage other people and inform them of these, you know, what they should and shouldn't be doing and have an impact on this next generation of anglers so we can like hopefully make our fisheries a better place and the fishing industry kind of a more positive place as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was perfect. That yeah. Was perfect. And especially like, I don't, you, you seem like you really help out the beginner too, because I tell people, I mean, I was a guide for a couple of years there and uh, being a new guy in a big fly shop, I got every newbie ever. Like I was mm-hmm. just, I just untangled knots, but I'll tell you what, those newbies, man, it, I believe in beginner's luck just because of being a fly fishing guide for beginners, because Holy cow, they're like, Oh my God, look at that fish. I'm like, man, that is so lucky. I don't know how you caught that fish. But then like when you're, <laughs> but if you're out there by yourself doing that, like I have a go, pro video for my first days in yellowstone running around 18 year old kid i caught that's back when i hiked and cared and i went 20 miles you know and <laughs> uh, i caught a, i caught a cutthroat trout 
It's one of the biggest, most beautiful cutthroats I've ever, but I drug it up on the rocks. It was in the dirt. I was fiddling mm-hmm. with the GoPro. I was just so, I was so excited that I caught that damn thing. I watched that video now and I was like, man, if I, it'd be like a politician saying like, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like saying that he killed somebody. It would just be like, I just couldn't imagine. So I, I try to defend everybody. I was like, man, it's, it, it's just, it just everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't know what you don't know exactly yeah. exactly that's, yeah that's the thing but anyways we'll, we'll wrap it up then real fast uh your favorite fish to catch is it salt water or trout mm. salt water oh, really yeah I'm, I'm obsessed with salt water fishing it happens it happens yeah, yeah. so what what salt water fish do you like to catch any I, i'm probably gonna say that my favorite is redfish because that was my first species they're always so much fun to catch um but I'm also like, you know, I'm obsessed with like catching a big tarp and I haven't, I haven't caught one over 40 pounds yet. So I'm excited to hopefully catch one of those someday, but uh, I mean, that's so hard to ask. Yeah. That's a tough question. There's so many different species. <laughs> oh, now yeah. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, I don't know. I love them all. Well, the ocean is a big place. So that's fair. Yeah. They're okay. all so beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah, the ocean is wild. Me and working in Key West, you couldn't really go fly fishing because you're working so much. That's how we support our farming. So we got to the point where we were just struggling so hard to fly fish. So I, I just said, screw this. I at least need to sit on a bridge and drink a beer and drop a shrimp in the ocean just, <laughs> just so, I can clear, so I don't go off on somebody at work. And, uh, man, it was so cool because you never knew what the hell you would – whatever. It's something to be on the line. Even when we did fly fish, every now and then I would catch – one time this guy came walking up to us. He's like, I just caught this fish. Well, I was like, sir, I got no idea. There's so much shit out here. <laughs> yeah, like you might not want to touch that. I was like, yeah, don't touch it, man. That's what Just shake the shit off. Pinch it off and shake it off. <laughs> shake it off. That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, okay, do you have any famous destinations you you got on the bucket list? Or any, yeah, any like dream destinations? Dream, dream fish or something like that? Um, well, I mean, I'm heading to Alaska next week, and I'm excited. I've never been, so we'll see kind of what happens, and I'm excited for that. That's always been a dream destination of mine, and that's, you know, becoming a reality, you know, in a, in a week. Steelhead-based? Yep, so we're going to be targeting steelhead, but, you know, it's a little early in the season, so we'll see if they're around and if we can find them, and, you know, we've got, like, six good, pretty solid anglers all going, so hopefully we can kind of figure it out, because it's going to be like a figuring this you know wherever we're going kind of yes. figuring that portion out that so we'll see awesome um, i know i'm excited have you ever caught a steelhead before um i have in michigan oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i love the steelhead fishing out there and salmon mm-hmm. fishing yeah they, they yeah. fight just as hard i mean no i can't i cannot say that on the air so i can't say they fight as hard as wild <laughs> Alaska, cause but, uh, those fish don't want to come to the boat either here in michigan so that oh, can be no. it can be fun um all right. Do you know you got anything else? I don't. She's probably ready to get out of this. I don't think again. so. But honestly, I hope you enjoy all of your travels, and we wish you the best of luck with everything Jill that you're wants doing. To know if she can come out, come fishing with you. Oh, absolutely! Come on down, girl. I'm always <laughs> like, come on, like more girls, like let's go fish. Yes, I love that. I'm all about that. I think that's really oh, cool. When I me then, too. Yeah, when we like talk to people and they're like advocates for women get like fly fishing because i feel like a lot of women want to for example trent's sister always is like try and teach me how to fly fish and like it's just so much fun like i feel like so many girls are missing out on something that's so special so i think it's yeah. awesome Bad older yeah brother. get them all into the sport i told her to jump on youtube maybe we'll send her <laughs> maybe we'll send her your way i bought yeah, she's been all summer 
So if you uh-huh. ever get if you get in the Crete area this year, uh, she, you got a place to stay, and she'll put you up and give you. She she works at the only bar in town, so you get a ton of free <laughs> beer. I'll say it right now on the podcast, you gotta take care of you. Aww. Yeah. But uh, awesome. I guess our last question is uh, on a scale of the one to ten, how did me and Janelle do? Oh, a ten. You guys are so sweet, and I'm so <laughs> proud of what you guys are doing. Keep following your heart and your dreams, and keep yeah. doing your podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And yeah. like you said, best of luck with everything. And you have so many exciting adventures coming up. So have so much and, fun. And we really like just not trying to talk too much up, but but we really like when Janelle was she creeps on uh, Instagrams and goes all the way back. Is she the one that had like motocross stuff? <laughs> yep. I love it all. I think I love it all. That's yeah. cool though. I don't know. I like to like really. Maybe that's weird of me, but like. Since it's out there, I'm always like curious yeah. as to where people started and where they are now. Yeah, Cause I think like research. the trans, cause if you saw my Instagram, like you'd be like, what the, yeah. what <laughs> is, <laughs> honestly, I do the exact same thing though. You yeah. Know, I love, I, you know, if I follow someone and I'm like, Oh, oh, this girl seems so rad. I'm, I mean, I think we all agree. We all look back to be like, Oh, like, you know, when did this girl start fishing or like, what was she like, you know, five years ago? Like, I'm always so curious to like see what people's like growth looks like exactly we're all, so, yeah. we're all growing yes and, and yes if, and if people are still listening to this podcast at the very end i mean the big thing about you that struck me if anyone has any doubts is like when janelle was going through the instagram like you're one of the first people i mean we had a, a lot of great people but like you're one of the first people where it's like okay she's trying to throw in some videos she's trying to throw in some igtv she this is this is serious for her she knows that again i call social media a tool i mean it's however you want to use it but i mean a tool is a tool and if you use a shovel correctly you can dig a big hole and so when we saw your videos and your igtv i was like I was like, man, she's really trying. She really cares, and she's very passionate. And so I'm very, very happy that you you wrote us back and then jumped on. Yes. Aww. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Right. You have a wonderful afternoon. Oh, uh, thank you. You guys have a good rest of your morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cheyenne. Yeah, All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. Bye. Right. Bye. So we got another 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a plus. Well, we did. Man, we're killing that. GSD average is probably like three or four, but interview average is like 10. Yeah. So uh, put that on the news programs. Heck yeah. 10 Heck out of yeah. 10. We also have to give Cheyenne a 10 out of 10. My God, this lady, I'm not joking with you. We've tried to get her for weeks. Uh, sometimes it fails, sometimes it gets through. And then we, uh, she like went downstairs. No, she she went upstairs. So she's in the mountains, as you guys heard, and she has to like go up to the office and like lock in a little, herself. She's like sitting in a closet at ten a.m. Going, I'm talking to these idiots on this podcast. Talking to two bums. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I still don't think she understands what happened. Neither do I. But it was a wonderful interview. Absolutely, and we look forward to our next interview, which will be launched next week. Um, which means we're still trying to figure out who it is but i really want to get this chick nomadic nikki she just it just has not worked out yet oh she's gonna be on so i'm gonna put it out in the in the universe she built a bus isn't going national park to national park and she serves tables to save up money she just right up our alley and people are sick of fly fishing heck yeah so let's get her on the show and you guys can listen to her next week Oh, don't say you can well okay say we hope okay we hope (laughs) you can listen to her next week um and we look forward to it and if you're still listening like if you're hearing this word right yeah you're like an hour in yeah you heard this word right yeah to you the listener 
hit that subscribe button so I don't got to pay $19.99. Yes, please, please, please. Because <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm going to screenshot. It'll be on our Instagram. Yeah. I, I, the only data I can see for $1.99 is, yeah. is just the, the, what I can already see on Spotify myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, thank you for allowing me to yeah. pay one ninety nine <laughs> to see what I can see myself. Right. To, po- to post it online and just have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Bum Diary Podcast. Um, we look forward to doing many more and we hope you all have a wonderful morning, day, evening, whatever time it may be. Well, hopefully not Saturday night. Hopefully you're raging. Yeah. Somewhere. Alrighty. <laughs> all right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.